Hey there, everybody. How's it going? Welcome back to another episode of Business Principles and Fundamentals. I'm here with Reed Florin, somebody who I had the pleasure of watching present at an AI Bot Summit in Las Vegas, put together by Perry Belcher. And um, how are you doing this morning, Reed? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. So, you know, none of us can keep up with uh, your slides at the at the at the summit <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's kind of rapid fire there a bunch of things so happy to help your specialty um you know when you walked on stage and you were talking you're talking about ai and how you use it to kind of do all the things can you kind of tell everybody um like just an overview about your business and what you use ai for yeah so um, traditionally, I'm, I'm mostly an affiliate marketer, so I typically promote a lot of like software as a service uh, products. So I, I like promoting a lot of kind of the, the picks and shovels that all the, the business owners need, everything from, you know, funnel builders to AI platforms to things to help people like grow their email list to, you know, traffic tools, all sorts of different, it's a wide collection uh, of different things that I typically promote and, and give to people and, and sell to people. And basically what I do is I use AI to leverage that. So I, I use AI to help me play with those tools, to help integrate those tools together, to help me create the like marketing and advertising campaigns for those different things that I'm promoting. Kind of, I, I kind of have AI and different robots kind of manage a lot of my business. So I've, I've kind of automated a lot of different tasks inside my business. So kind of like you have a, an army of, of AI bots to, at your at your service. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of having a whole team of, of employees, it's just me. And I've got uh, these these different automations that I play with and set up and, and let them run and let them do different things in my business. What would you say is the biggest um, problem with AI and adapting it into business just for the general the general entrepreneur slash business owner trying to grasp what's going on because because it's all moving so fast. I mean, I, I think you're kind of hitting it on the head right there. It, it's changing so fast. You learn one tool, and a hundred other ones come up in the time that it took you to learn the one. That that's the downside. We're at this kind of inflection point where things are just rapidly advancing, and so you you might find out about a tool. And you think it's great and you start using it. And then a week later, there's a whole other tool that takes it to a, a, a different level. And that that's kind of, that's the exciting thing and a little bit of the downside uh, of where we are right now, because it's changing so much and there's so much competition in the AI space and the automation space that uh, it, it's exciting, but it, it's kind of frustrating at the same time where it's like, oh, I just learned that thing. And now there's something that's 10 times better. Um, which, which is good and bad. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting mix. What would you say is like the staples right now, like the biggest AI tools or companies that you, you know, if somebody wanted to kind of just focus on a few things, you know, to kind of stay abreast of everything because there is so many out there, you know, there's so much noise. What would you say the few recommendations that you would say like, hey, these are probably the ones that are gonna be the biggest players or at least the ones that you for right now should be paying attention to? Definitely. Um, you know, there, there's a few things I know in, in my presentation at that summit uh, or at the, the Perry's AI event, I, I covered a couple tools that I really, really like. So. One of them is called ZimWriter, which is a great tool if you want to write a lot of articles and they've got some new stuff coming out. Uh, even now where um, they have an update this weekend that's going to be able to like scrape different websites and be able to write an article for you based off of uh, the, the URLs you put in to it. So that's going to be interesting to have it kind of go off of other people's articles and, and write an article totally from scratch for you. But with that, I mean, I, I've used it to write a bunch of articles like in bulk where, where I might have it do 20, 30, 50 articles, 100 articles at a time. And it'll just, I give it a list of keywords and kind of what I want it to do. And it just does it in the background. And so that is really exciting. And it's it's cheap. I mean, it's like $10 a month for ZimWriter plus whatever your costs are for using OpenAI's uh, API because it connects in through their, their API key. So that... That can add up, but oftentimes my articles are, I'd say, between 
15 cents and 50 or 60 cents, depending on how long I want my articles to be and, and what AI model I'm using. So it's really cheap. Uh, it was, we're talking you know, 6,000 word articles at that price point. So it's, it's crazy uh, inexpensive for what you're getting. The, the other thing that I really like um, is called Cheat Layer. And that's another tool that I covered in my presentation there. And that can automate a, a lot of different tasks on your computer. Um, you can use it to create software, to create websites, to automate like scraping of websites or to post on your social media. It can basically, if, if you can do something on your computer, you can use Cheat Layer to automate it. It's, it's really progressing quite rapidly. Um, another automation platform, this one is more kind of a drag and drop kind of tool. It's called Make, so M-A-K-E, make.com. And that is kind of like Zapier, if you've ever used that, where you can have it connect a bunch of different tools together and, and automate a lot of your business. So that that's a, a fascinating thing. And then I'll cover something that, that I've just started really using since the event. There's um, a thing called Auto GPT and also Baby AGI. And these are two tools that can automate a ton of stuff. So you can give it kind of tell it what you want it to do. And Auto GPT or Baby AGI will go out and it will create a, a list of tasks that are relevant and it'll start knocking off those tasks. So think of it as like a, a to do list that actually does the task for you. So you kind of give it give it what you want it to do, and it it, it starts doing it uh, all all on your behalf. So it's pretty fascinating. And we're at the very early stages of that, but uh, that that is is really interesting uh, to me right now. That's crazy. Thanks for sharing that. Where would you say, like, for somebody who's got like an idea, like, hey, I wonder could could I have AI or or an automation or a bot do this? Where would you tell people that they really need to start? you know, looking at to do their research for something like that? I mean, as some of those things, um, so I've even used stuff where I'll have maybe an idea for an automation that I want to do. And I might even just go into chat GPT and say, hey, pretend you're a make.com expert. How would you automate this process? And I'll give it a couple ideas of what I want. And it will tell me, some of the different modules inside of make that I would use to kind of replicate that idea. Now it doesn't always get it right, but it does give me a starting point that I could go, okay, that, that seems like a logical flow of how I could do that. And it gives me some ideas on how to do it. So that that's one, one way that I use it where I, I kind of give it a, a general idea of what I want it to do. And it kind of gives me a little bit more detailed step-by-steps of how I should do it. That's crazy. I never even I never even thought about. It. I mean, I've heard it, people use it to write code, but I never thought about like, hey, tell me how I need to automate this, right? So um, that's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you had any experience with Go High Level? Just a little bit, uh, not much. Just a little bit. Yeah. yeah, I was trying. You know, I know that they're up and coming, and they're you know, there's a lot of there's like the next. I mean, they probably would kill me if I if if I use this reference, but they're kind of like the the baby click funnels, but not so baby, if that makes any sense. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? You know, um, so you know, it, it just see the growing pains and I mean like it's amazing what you can do with it, but it's again, sometimes like with the rest of the AI stuff and automation, it's like there's so much it's like, what do you do with it, right? I mean, you know, because everybody's got something that they're trying to sell or something like that. What would you say is the biggest the biggest problem with integrating things like, um, you know, are you seeing that that things are being more stable, more like you know, like when your zap breaks if you're using just Zapier, and you don't realize it. Like, what do you, how do you prevent like not knowing that something broke if you're trying to set up an automation or something like that? Uh, so, like for instance, in Make, there is a, a thing that if there's an error, it can ignore it and just continue with future um, you know, automations that run through. So that that's one, one way to kind of go with it. And you could pay attention, like you can look at your, your history and look at things that were kind of like incomplete or errored out. And that might give you some ideas of things to fix. 
Um, but but that's kind of one way to to kind of go about it. I just add something kind of at the end of my automation that that basically tells it to if it errors, you know, just kind of ignore it and wait for the next um, event that triggers inside of my automation. And so that way it doesn't just turn off because I know I've had automations in the past where it might get a couple errors in a row and the the automation will totally just stop. And what if, what if it stops while you're out doing something else or maybe you're sleeping or something and you don't notice it till the next day and you might miss out on a lot of different things. So um, by having it ignore some of those errors, um, as long as some good data comes through uh, during that time, things will continue to run. And then I can go back and go, oh, maybe something was kind of misconfigured and I can go back and kind of fix that um, with it. And so I'll, I'll maybe check that periodically, maybe on a weekly or monthly basis, depending on, on the automation. It's not something I'm checking every single day, but it, it's something that I'll, I'll go, okay, there was a handful of things that didn't pass through. What caused that? Was there you know, was something not formatted correctly, or did I just kind of goof something up somewhere? Because usually that's that's what it is. It's something that was just kind of, you know, maybe like for instance, some of my automations I have where I might get a like an email notification that somebody signed up to to try a new software tool. And by default, those leads aren't getting added to an autoresponder of my own. But I have different automations that go, okay, this person got added to, you know, a trial for XYZ product. Now I have it where their email address gets added to an autoresponder of mine, where I send follow-up messages to, to encourage them to use the tool and how they can best use the tool and maybe recommend a few other tools that would go along with it to help them out. And so if someone, you know, maybe they signed up for a trial and, and used a not a correctly formatted email address, that may fail on my end. And so they're not going to get added to my um, autoresponder that way, but by having the that little ignore module at the end, um, it won't just turn off my automation. And so I can go back and look and go, oh, that, that's someone that, you know, they maybe used a, a comma instead of the dot for like dot com. So they put like comma com instead of dot, you know, they, they maybe just er mistyped something on there and, and that caused the, the error to happen, but it, it won't just stop everything because of it. Right, right. No, that's that's a good, that's a good. And then if you if they ignore it, then they, you could still pretty much have a potential list of people that, that signed up, right? Even though that, they're that's, that's correct. Yeah, I I can go and go. Oh, that that's an easy fix. Like they they maybe mistyped Gmail or they they you know messed up the the dot com part or something like that. I can go. Oh, if I want to, I can fix it and and just put them in manually that way, or I can ignore it because like well maybe they were kind of careless about it and they didn't. You know, they signed up for a free trial and maybe weren't really that interested. So I, I usually don't bother with it, but I could see if it was something a little more mission critical. You know, you could go in and, and go, oh, you know, that that's, you know, the actual phone number or the actual, you know, physical mailing address. And now I want that in my my CRM. Um, you know, that that could be a useful thing to to do. Nice. What about as as like you said, you do affiliate marketing, you know, I'm noticing that there's there's just a lot more people. I mean, you know, it's, it's the American dream, right? Let's do nothing for something, right? <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of people getting into that space. What, what would you, you know, what would kind of be your warning to people that are just now trying to jump in, take advantage of the, all the AI and automation and trying to, you know, sell all that or whatever, just in general as, a, as an affiliate marketer, what have you seen changed in that industry? Well, a lot's changed and a lot's stayed the same. I mean, affiliate links are still kind of how they were 20 years ago and, and more. It's it's still a, a link that tracks things. I know we've got some issues with with cookies and, and tracking on, on different devices nowadays, and that's that's going to change some stuff in the future for things. Um, you know, the, the greatest form of, of marketing is always word of mouth. You know, if people are, are saying great things about you or great things about your product, that that helps a lot to, to make a sale. And so affiliate marketing is just kind of incentivized word of mouth is kind of how I look at it. Now there's, with the proliferation of all the AI stuff, there's going to be people that want to create all these kind of me too content sites on different things. And I, I could see where that might be challenging as an affiliate to make money with a lot of free content. Um, I, I personally go for paid advertising 
And I also build my email list. And so I feel like that gives me a little more control versus just trying to get something to rank on Google. Now, if you get something to rank, that's free traffic. That's wonderful. But I, I don't want to just rely on that. I feel like that's a really dangerous place to be. Uh, the other thing with stuff like I noticed a lot of people want to be affiliates, but they want to promote maybe stuff on Amazon, which is fine, but their commission structure is so low. To be, um, you know, we're talking one, two, three percent for a lot of things. It's, it's really low for what it is. Now, one advantage is you get paid for everything in their shopping cart. So if someone adds, you know, that five dollar item, but then decide they want to put in a couple thousand dollar big screen TV, you're still going to get a commission on it, uh, even if that's not anything that you were talking about. But it's just kind of difficult to, to make money off those one-off sales. So I prefer to go after things that I know people are going to keep for a long amount of time and pay a recurring commission. I, I like having, so for instance, software products. If I sell someone a software tool, and you mentioned Go High Level. So you know, let's say I was promoting Go High Level as an affiliate. Um, you know, I, I could drive traffic to Go High Level and someone could decide to buy, and I'm going to get, I want to say they're like 30 or 30 or 40% on, on each sale for go high level. Uh, I'm going to get that commission every single month for as long as that person's a, a customer of go high level. And so that is a, a, a nice business model to be in, because if you can get someone to sign up for a tool, decide they like the tool, start using the tool in their business where it's actually generating them additional money. So they're not really viewing the tool as an expense, they're viewing it as an investment, then they're going to stay on that tool possibly for life. So you might get someone that signs up and you might be getting commissions for them for the next 10, 20 years because they're using that tool to run their business. And I think that's just a fascinating uh, business model to be able to you know, connect people with tools that help them grow their business and run their business, automate their life. And give them everything you need. And I just happen to get paid for it on a, on a monthly basis, which is a lot of fun. Nice. No, definitely. What would you say? So a couple of questions as, as you were talking, I was thinking, so um, with, you know, going back to the whole privacy thing and all the, you know, I'm seeing so many things right now with, uh, you know, like California, Colorado just issued their own, you know, uh, privacy stuff and, you know, TCPA is coming, like for people that are texting, you know, there's a bunch of stuff. Like, what is, what is your, you know, take on all that stuff that's going on? And, and, you know, how are you going to be able to do affiliate marketing and still be able to track every, everything like that and know that you're, you know, that you're getting paid for all your efforts? Well, I think there always is going to be a little bit of affiliate fraud. Um, for stuff, there's either going to be people that go, oh, I'll just sign up and get my own affiliate link and, and buy something that way. So you, you definitely have that going on. Um, there's definitely networks and tools that don't track everything properly. So that that does happen. So I, I kind of figure that is just kind of a cost of doing business for a lot of things. Um, I mean, there's also affiliate programs that may not pay you or may take forever to pay you. So I, I've definitely had those over the years too. Um, so I, I consider it kind of a cost of doing business and I, I like to kind of slowly ramp up and kind of see how things are doing. Like, I don't want to just create a campaign and start dropping thousands of dollars a day on ads with it. I want to make sure I'm getting paid um, by that, that uh, provider first. And so I'll, I'll slowly start up, you know, I might do a five, 10, 20 bucks a day, uh, for an ad and kind of see, okay, how are my conversions? Is this, you know, actually, are people actually buying this thing or, you know, am I actually getting paid uh, on time by then? Those those kind of things before I start scaling it up. Now, um, with that in mind, as an affiliate, I don't typically worry about a lot of those kind of business issues. You know, like um, the different privacy laws and like TCPA and all these different things. I feel a lot of that is on the business owners uh, side that they need to have a lot of that. Um, taken care of on, on their end and maybe some naive, naivety on, on my part I'm not an attorney or anything but um, I, I feel like a lot of that since I'm just kind of recommending a tool and not necessarily processing the transactions or even collecting the leads on their site in particular I feel like a lot of that is, is more for the business owner to take care of just like they're more taking care of the customer support and and creating the copy and fixing the product if there's an issue and stuff like that. 
Um, my job is to just put the, the right eyeballs in front of their offer and, and kind of direct that traffic to them that could potentially lead to a sale. Uh, I kind of view, view it in a way where I'm kind of a, a commission sales rep, if you will. Um, but the, instead of getting paid once, I'm getting paid um, you know, for the lifetime of that customer. Nice. No, yeah, I I agree with your take on that, especially with affiliate marketing. Again, I'm not an attorney either, but if you're not the one doing the follow-up, you're just doing the recommendation, then it's not you just doing the reach out. So it shouldn't it shouldn't be you on the hook for all the other stuff. Yeah, um, that's, that's kind of my my take on it. That there isn't a whole lot. They're they're signing up for for that uh, company. If I happen to to send some follow-ups because they've signed up through my link, I try to make that pretty clear. That hey, you know, I'm following up with you because you you signed up for a trial of XYZ and I, I referred you to it from you know maybe a blog post or whatever, and I might reference that. And and so that uh, kind of jogs their memory of of why they're getting a message from me. Nice. So I you know, I had done something back in 2019. I was asked to to put together a presentation on what, you know, what are the the fundamentals that somebody could put into any business to help them grow, you know, fix or whatever a business. And I came down to positioning, presence, proximity, and possibility. So as an affiliate marketer, um, do you position, are you doing, or would you say it's important to position yourself as somebody who's in the know so people like, you know, honor your your recommendations? So you have to position yourself or you do more of like the, the blind, um, you know, just like, hey, this is a tool you know, blah, 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 like where it's not necessarily your, you as a brand. I do feel that you as a brand is ultimately going to help uh, more. Like I've had people over the years that have specifically reached out saying, hey, do you have an affiliate link for XYZ product or tool? And I don't, but I'll, I'll go and generate one. I'll go get one and, and give it to them. Uh, because they they were looking to buy and they want to make sure I got a commission because of other things that I've helped them out with. Um, so that that is a, a, a kind of a fun position to be in uh, of having that. Uh, obviously, if you're creating, you know, let's say you're creating videos or, or blogs or something like that, and you're kind of branded yourself as an expert on the topic, and maybe you could offer some sort of incentive, like for instance, if they bought XYZ tool, you could give them some sort of bonus. You know, maybe we'll go with Go High Level as an example. You know, if they, they bought Go High Level, maybe you'd help them transfer their stuff over from a different tool. Maybe they were using ClickFunnels or whatever. You'd help them kind of migrate over. And that would be a, like a nice bonus you could offer for someone that was looking to buy Go High Level. And that way you could market to ClickFunnels uh, users that way. I mean, you could do the same thing, you know, with, with kind of any tool where you could be like, well, here's some, either some service that I've got or here's some digital training or tools that you could have as a bonus. And in order to get it, you have to, you know, clear your cookies, buy through my link, here's my link, and then email me your receipt kind of thing. That That's some stuff that you can do to help um, help make sure that you get those affiliate commissions uh, that, that, you know, you we talked a little bit earlier about the potential of having it where you could miss out on some stuff. Maybe it doesn't get tracked properly. That's that's one way to kind of hold the the companies accountable for it and also building that that relationship with your audience because you've got these different bonuses or these other things that they can get if they buy through your link so that that's one way um, to kind of combine what you're talking about and increase those increase the amount of uh, commissions that you can make because it gives people more of a reason to buy from you versus just buying directly from the the company nice so how do you go about um you know, the second thing being presence, like how do you go about figuring out, like obviously it's always research, right? All the money's made in the research, but you know, how's your best, I don't know, tactic or whatever to find like where the people are. So say you find a tool that you want to do, you know, be a marketer for, you want to market, what's your best way of finding out? Like, where can I find the people that I want to sell this to? Well, oftentimes, so, you know, we, we talked about how there's so many tools and there's new tools that come up. They're, they're almost like a Hydra. You, you chop the head off one tool and three more take its place. And so one thing that I like to do, um, being that I'm in the, the picks and shovels tool selling business, is I will do 
for instance, like a, a Google ad campaign, but I'll bid on like the direct competitors of uh, that tool. So I might look for like alternatives to go high level. Uh, for instance, I might Google that and it might give me 10 or 20 different products that are kind of similar. And I'll use those keywords in my campaigns or set up specific campaigns for that and then promote, say, go high level in this example. Um, and that way I'm getting the people that are, you know, maybe they might already have an account with those tools. So they might be looking for some help uh, with that. They might be looking at, you know, reviews or bonuses for getting those tools and be open to something else. Um, I also do campaigns where it's like people that have visited like the login pages for, for different tools. So that way I know it's a user uh, of a tool and that way I can, you know, offer something that, that would give them a reason to kind of migrate from one tool to the other. And so that's kind of a, a bit of a backdoor uh, strategy. And so I, I don't specifically go with, I don't necessarily create campaigns where I'm like bidding for like CRM tool or, you know, funnel building tool or something like that. I, oftentimes my campaigns are bidding on a lot of their direct competitors, uh, keywords and, and website names, uh, because I, I figure that's someone that, has indicated some level of interest that they're open to buying some sort of tool and they might they might buy the original tool they were looking for or they might go hey you know this other thing looks pretty cool i'm willing to sign up for a free trial and so they sign up for a free trial they decide they like it because maybe they got some some additional um, content from me that helped them make use of it during that time and then i'm getting those commissions nice would you say when it comes to proximity, do you market to people that are like, do you go for the more from, from your answer? I'm, I'm assuming it's people that are already in the market or already using something. Like you said, that's a competitor to where you're, so you're not, you're not spending time marketing to educate people about the, the magic of some kind of tool. Are you? Typically not. Um, you know, I, I want, I want to go direct for the sale. Uh, as much as possible. And by sale for me, oftentimes it's a free trial. You know, they sign up for a free trial and start using the tool. So I, I'm going for people that are pretty far down the, the funnel. They're, uh, I guess, like product and solution aware. And so they're just kind of comparing different options of different tools, or maybe they've tried some tool and they're not 100% satisfied with it. Well, they're open to, to checking out this other tool. And I, I give them the reason why oftentimes it's a, a trial or, or something else that that kind of pushes them over the edge and they they sign up and then I, I get those recurring commissions. Nice. So in a non-scientific, you know, reference, what do you see that works better? And just does it just depend on the tool, like free trials or bonuses to buy? I mean, if you combine the two, it's a kind of a one-two punch uh, with things. Free trials, um, you know, especially in the, the software as a service space, it's almost always going to happen. Like there's most tools have a, a free or a low cost trial uh, to them that I've noticed. Uh, and a lot of things that might be seven days, 14 days, 30 days, those are kind of the, the typical thing. So that in a way is not like, super enticing um, just because everyone is offering a trial. So I think the, the next step is offering some sort of bonus. So it, it may be creating some sort of bridge page that's, you know, talking, highlighting some of the issues with, with different tools. It may even be breaking down uh, two different tools and then offering, hey, why don't you sign up for a trial of, of XYZ tool? And if you sign up for the trial or you keep the trial, you're going to get all these different bonuses or, you know, a specific bonus that really helps them out. Like for instance, that, um, you know, migrating someone from one tool to another um, would be a, a pretty high perceived value uh, just because it would take a, a lot of effort. And that's something that you could, you could have a VA do. Um, there might even be a way to automate a good chunk of that process. So just kind of spitballing ideas here, but that's, you know, one way that you could possibly build that relationship with that, that customer where they would then stick with you and maybe try out some some other products because you're you're going that that extra step. Nice. 
And do you feel that like being an affiliate, do you make sure that you, if you know that you're marketing something that has a free trial, do you make sure that you're kind of giving that, helping to give them some kind of win during that time so that they stick and transfer over to the paid? Yeah. So for instance, a lot of things that I promote, um, I end up getting a, a copy of the, the lead that signed up for the free trial. And so I have a go into an autoresponder of mine where I'll have some follow-ups in place and it may, it may just link back to blog posts or different content from the actual tool creator. Like I'll usually kind of start with that, or it might have some content that I've made, maybe some YouTube videos or something that kind of walks through, well, here's a unique way to use XYZ tool that'll help you get a, a fast result. And so I'll, I'll put some follow-ups in place uh, for that. It might be, you know, a week, it might be 30 days, it might be longer uh, of some different follow-ups kind of depends on how profitable the campaign is. I'll start with like a week or two uh, of follow-ups in place, and then I'll add more uh, as time goes on. And I don't um, initially start with this. Like I start driving traffic to it, see if I can get any sales to it before I even create any of these um, additional campaigns or any of this email stuff, because I, I want to, to promote a bunch of different things and see what works and then maximize my results with it. Um, and by seeing what works, I'm not necessarily looking for profit right away. I just need to see that I'm, I'm getting trials and those trials are converting into customers. If they're actually converting into customers, even if I'm losing a bunch of money on my ads, um, I know that eventually I'll break even because either I will have optimized my campaign enough or the people are going to stay on long enough or the people are going to buy another tool that I recommend later on in my email series that complements uh, the tool that they've signed up for. So I, I'm willing to go negative uh, on my ad campaigns because I, I know that after you know X amount of months, I, I'm in the black with that customer, uh, whether they've bought or whether they're still subscribed to that tool or they've bought three or four other tools that go well with it because I've recommended them in an in email sequence. Nice. I, I love that you that you covered that because... You know, there's so many people that in regardless what industry that, you know, they want to put a dollar in and instantly get, you know, $20 back. And, you know, like, I know uh, Todd Brown talks about, you know, the advanced marketer is okay with going negative because they know what their backend numbers look like. That's all what it is. It's all backend. You know, that that's where the money is to be made. Uh, you know, I, I kind of treat it almost like a, you know, if I were to get into real estate or franchises or things like that, you know, that very first day of, of renting out a, a property, you're not going to be in the black uh, from from buying, uh, you know, an investment property. You're not going to get <laughs> the whole mortgage paid day one. Uh, same thing with a franchise. You might put a, a million bucks into opening a, I don't know, a Subway or a McDonald's or something, and, and you're not going to make that day one. It's going to take a while. So so I look at it that way, where, where these are kind of investments that I'm, you know, building up. Uh, some of them slowly, some of them a little bit faster, and you know they they start paying a nice monthly recurring income, um, you know after a few months of of having it run, and and then I can decide, hey, do I want to kind of pause my ads because this isn't you know converting the best, or do I want to really scale up the ads and, and ramp up the traffic because I've got a winner here, and I, I want to make sure I, I can make as much money as possible with it. So that's that's it's kind of a fun kind of a fun business model. No, definitely, because it's it's all math, right? It's all yep. there. It's all math. And and for the last uh, thing of of the of the four fundamentals that I had come up with, possibility. How much of your ads do you focus on the on explaining the possibility of the tool or the you know the potential of it? it to use the other another word, but like, do you really go on features and benefits heavy, or how do you ex how do you focus on possibility in your marketing? Uh, I, I guess a lot of my ads are kind of like looking for alternative to, and that might be the keyword yeah, and say the keyword is, is like the competitor name, you know, looking for an alternative to click funnels, um, question mark. And then it might say, you know, if you're looking for something different to the keyword, we've got just the thing for you and, and kind of highlight some of the things of, of what, um, it's more of the USP of, of that particular products so the unique selling proposition for those listening and kind of go over that and they my, my goal of my google ad is is just to for instance just to get them to click so if i can entice them that hey i've got a solution that's you know maybe it's cheaper it's better or it does something a little bit different 
um, they'll click through to see what it is and and see. And then I let the actual sales page for the, the product itself for the particular software, the service offer to sell the customer. My, my goal is to just give them traffic that, or my job is to just give them traffic that's open to trying something different, open to grabbing their wallet, getting out a credit card and, and buying or investing in a particular tool to get an end result. And so if I can find either the direct competitors or people that are in, in the market for XYZ tool, or maybe they already are using um, a, a tool very similar to what I'm promoting, they can then decide, you know, this, this other thing looks pretty interesting. I, I think I want to sign up for it. Um, and so I, I go kind of kind of lazy in that way uh, with it. It's not like I'm setting up like a really fancy page, you know, like comparing the two different things. I, I usually direct link uh, to the offer itself. And so my, my affiliate links are kind of sneaky. They're things like register, sign up, trial, demo, coupon, <laughs> things like that. I'm not using my name or a company name or anything like that for my affiliate ID. It's, it's, it's usually things like that. And I've noticed that, um, you know, different ad platforms don't seem to care because um, they just think it's kind of like a UTM tracking parameter, uh, the way it, it looks uh, inside the link. So it, it's kind of, kind of a sneaky way <laughs> to do it, if you will. So, I mean, I, I, I like it because you're kind of, you're kind of going after the potentially disgruntled user, right? So if you're saying, are you looking for an alternative for X? You know, there's a reason why they're looking for an alternative. It's either costing them too much or X isn't working the way they want. So that's a good, that's a good angle, you know, because, you know, if you're, if you're deep using something and you know the promise that it gave you, but it's not necessarily achieving that promise and the possibility of there's another tool that might do it for cheaper or better that's that's definitely you know human nature is to be curious and, and exactly and that's i've noticed that that's how i typically shop so if i'm looking to try something new i i'll look for you know comparison alternative review things like that um for different tools um just because i'm interested in it and so you know i do the same thing with with pieces of technology or pretty much anything uh, I find that before I, like I've maybe made the decision, I'm nine tenths of the way there. I'm ready to buy, um, but I'm just not hundred percent sure if, if that's the one tool that I want or the one item I want, you know, I'm going to be searching for alternative to, and just kind of get an idea. Well, here's the, you know, three different things that are really similar and it'll help me pick and I'll decide, you know, that the, my original thing was great and that's wonderful. You know, if I, if, if, I promote a, a different affiliate tool and they decide that they want to go with the one they were originally searching for that that's great for them. At least they found what they were looking for and they don't, um, they don't necessarily have to go down the rabbit hole of the tool I provided them with. But um, I find a, a lot of ways, at least with me, that if I'm presented with an opportunity to sign up for something for free when I was in a buying mood for something else, and, and try it out and see if it, it would work uh, for what I want to do, or maybe it's even better than what I was initially looking at, that that pushes me over the edge. And I, I feel like that pushes a lot of people over the edge. Yeah, no, definitely true. What would, um, you know, and, and getting close to wrapping this up, but what would you say, you know, like somebody just starting out or somebody trying to really tweak their campaigns or, you know, I liked how you mentioned that you don't go in, like, you know, you're not just dumping thousands of dollars from, from the beginning, you're you're testing the system, you're testing the the tool to make sure you get paid, all the testing your ads, all that good stuff. But like, what are typical or um, you know like conversion rates and things of that nature that that you know that that somebody could expect to see when they're running ads for for affiliate marketing or just in general? Because I know that you know the ad space changes so much, and depending on the platform, it's all going to be you know dependent on that. But what are what are some of the numbers that you would say are kind of typical that you would look at? I mean, that, that's challenging. So that that's going to be dependent on the, the offer itself. It's going to be dependent on a lot of things like the, the pricing of the thing. Um, so that that's really going to be hard to answer. I'll, I'll give kind of an idea of kind of how I would start a campaign. So let's say that, that you want to promote something and, you know, maybe you've got five bucks a day or 10 bucks a day that you could afford to lose. Cause that's how you should be treating it. You should be treating it as 
uh, money that you can can afford to lose. So at, at five bucks a day, that's 150 month. Uh, 10 bucks a day would be 300 bucks a month. Um, you know that that's definitely a doable amount. I feel for for most people that they could afford to lose, afford to gamble with to, to try something out. It's not like going out and getting a hundred thousand dollar loan to go start some sort of you know lawn care business or something. They're they're going out there and they're they're putting a little bit of money aside that they might have spent somewhere else. Uh, maybe going out for a weekend. They just decide not to do that, and, and they they invest it into promoting an offer. So I would pick you know, one particular offer, preferably a tool that you're already using, something that, that you found some sort of success with. So that way that you know, it's like a legitimate thing. So maybe it's, you know, you, you talked about go high level. We'll go with that for, for instance. So maybe you would create um, an ad campaign for go high level and you'd go after, um, you know, different direct competitors that go high level has. Um, you know, for different elements of their tool. Like I know their their tool is kind of like 20 different tools in one. Uh, it seems to kind of have everything in it. So I would maybe create a, a campaign that would focus on um, a particular thing. Maybe it would be their their funnel building aspect of it. And so I would come up with with different um, funnel builder tools. So things like click funnels and groove and lead pages and um, this, that, and the other, and and kind of put those all into a list. So I would I would Google myself, I would say alternatives to go high level, alternatives to click funnels, alternatives to groove, alternatives to lead pages, and so on and so forth. And that's going to get me a list. It might be a hundred tools deep that it might give me a list of all these different things. And so I would put those into, I would use those as, as keywords. So the actual product name um, of those competitors into um, my Google ad. And then people that are, you know, maybe searching for, uh, like here's a sneaky trick. So it might be people are searching for like ClickFunnels login. Um, that's someone that's a customer, um, for instance, because they're they're looking for their login page. And so that way, um, my ad will show up. Are you looking? Are you thinking about switching from ClickFunnels, kind of thing? And they might go, oh, what's this? And they'll click through and they'll see my. Um, in this example, they'll see my affiliate link ad for. Um, go high level. And so that that's one way to to kind of test that out. And you can see um, by doing that, you can get an idea of what tools are popular because you're going to see which things you're getting impressions on, things you're getting clicks, which is potentially going to lead you to other tools that you could promote too, because you might be like, oh, okay. Um, you know, maybe lead pages gets way more search than than you'd expect. You might go, oh, what are some direct competitors to lead pages that I could promote? And you could promote that as an affiliate. Like that might be a campaign, a campaign you set up a week later, uh, for instance, or a month later. So it kind of, kind of leads to you generating a bunch of different campaigns that way because you're you're already kind of doing a lot of the research once. You might as well reuse um, that that knowledge and create ads that, uh, in a way, are kind of competing uh, with yourself, but you're being able to promote a lot of different tools that way. So I, I would I would start small start with you know one particular tool spend five to ten bucks a day and then once you start seeing some sales come through um increase that like be willing to go negative be willing you know, not not crazy but be willing to lose a little bit of money because some of these people are going to stay on for years and so it's eventually going to pay off if you can get a copy of the leads and you're you're growing an email list that way too which is really cool um, that that leads to a lot of possibilities for promoting a lot of a lot of different things. So I don't particularly go, oh, here's a, a product that I'm going to get, you know, three dollars EPC and it converts at ten percent or anything like that. I, I'm not specifically trying to find that information because I know that really uh, changes w with a lot of things and it really is dependent on so many elements. Excuse me, so many elements of the uh, sales page itself and the offer itself. So that's kind of hard to do, but I, I like to just kind of try promoting a bunch of different different offers. And I would start with one or two. Um, that way you're not, you know, investing thousands of dollars a day on, on different ads, but you can you can dip your toes in, promote, promote a product or two, start making some sales, start getting some trials uh, that, that sign up for things, and then let it snowball from there. Um, you might uh, create additional ads uh, for that product the, the following month. You might 
create different ad campaigns for different uh, companies, different products the next month. You might just increase your budget or bids. You might go, oh, you know, I, I can afford, you know, I'm getting sales on this. Maybe I spent 150 bucks that, that month on, on ads, but I made $300 in commissions. Well, I might jump it up to, well, I'm going to spend $10 a day on ads because I'm already getting the, the $300 a month in commissions. So that's going to more than likely cover my ad spend for the next month. And if I get more sales, I'm still in the black. And go, oh gee, I'm, uh, you know, month three, I might go. Well, let's let's bump it up to, you know, fifteen or twenty bucks a day, and and see if that works, and and slowly scale it up. And by the end of, end of a year, you know, you might be at a hundred or two hundred bucks a day uh, on a campaign, just kind of slowly ramping it up. And then, you know, imagine if you're doing that, but you had potentially dozens or hundreds of campaigns that that you've set up. Uh, it can be a very interesting business model. Nice, nice. I, I did, uh, and and you know, I, I attended your your virtual summit. That was awesome. And you oh, know, nice. I did, yeah, I did the VIP because I definitely wanted the recordings because all of your present your presenters seemed like you guys were all like you know just dumping out a bunch of information real fast. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks. It was a, so. Um, what you know, is there anything that you know people can get a hold of you or anything? You know, we'll definitely you know I'll have you send me whatever links you want to add in the show notes and all that. But um, any anything you'd like to you know speak about here at the end? Uh, well, being that you mentioned that summit, I guess anyone that, that would be interested in checking that out, that's AIVirtualSummit.com. And uh, that'll give you an idea of some of the things that I do uh, online and, and some of, some different tools that I've promoted to. Uh, so you, you can sign up for, for that and, and, and check that out. And you can find me online. Uh, my name is Reed Florine, and I'm pretty much on all the different social media platforms so you can can find me there and, and contact me that way sounds good man well i appreciate your time yeah thank you thanks for having me oh thank you